Hey there, welcome to Walking Alongside Perspectives, a combination of short monopods as well as some conversations with cool folks covering various topics based on what is going on in the world, focusing on the broader theme of perspectives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, there are no facts, only interpretations. So let's get into it with this episode. Thanks for being here. Ah, vacation. It has been too long and of course, when all was said and done, honestly, too short. All good things must come to an end, but 10 days away wasn't really enough, though I did really, and I mean really, miss my pillow. They say that a person needs to be on vacation, or perhaps more accurately, away from work, for at least two weeks to get the full benefit of being off of work. It goes something like this. The first few days you may still be thinking about or even stressing about work, whatever you left behind that you didn't get to, or or maybe whatever deadlines are going to be there when you get back. Then you start to kind of shift into the zone where you're just going with the flow and even forgetting about what day it is, let alone what you may have needed to do. The only schedule, if there is one, is what day are we going to the beach or kayaking or whatever may have had to be booked or planned. By the time the second week rolls around, your shoulders might be back to where they should be as opposed to up around your ears, your tense jaw or tension headache may have miraculously disappeared, and you might even be ready to think about getting back to doing something more taxing than swimming up to the bar or applying another layer of sunscreen. The point is that if you're still feeling that Sunday evening dread feeling, chances are that you haven't gotten away for long enough. That or your job is really, really crappy. So the bottom line is, however much time you can afford to be away, take it. You don't have to go away at all. Staycations became a thing during the pandemic, and now with inflation at an all-time high, it's a reality for many people that vacations just aren't Disneyland or going on a cruise or whatever. So finding things to do closer to home to avoid unnecessary travel or accommodations is, for a lot of people, the most feasible option, which still allows that time away from work feeling. Which is why my second full week of vacation is happening right here at home. My husband works for himself, so not being in the office means not getting paid, so we could really only push about seven full days out of the office for him. And even then, he still had to use the business center at one of the hotels en route to do some paperwork stuff, and he was checking his emails nightly. He said it helped him to be able to relax for the rest of the day, so I guess that's something. However, I know that he didn't get what the researcher said was necessary, but honestly, I've given up arguing that point. Our actual get out of Dodge vacation was a long time coming. Over the last nine years, we haven't been on a real family holiday other than some camping over the odd long weekend and a four-day weekend to Kananaskis when my brother and his family were here from Germany. We also went to this great place, the lodge at Panther River, on the recommendation of a coworker for a weekend in the first summer of the pandemic, and we liked it so much that we went back for Christmas. Well, New Year's. It was awesome. Highly recommend going there both in winter and summer. But other than those three or four-day excursions, it wasn't really an honest-to-goodness vacation. So when we heard that the son of an associate of Chris's had an Airbnb on Galliano Island, we were stoked when we found out that we'd actually be able to go there on the so-called friends and family rate. The details about who booked what are still a bit sketchy, but we're so grateful that we were able to make that happen. It was mind-blowingly amazing. It's a converted welding or something or other shop that had been transformed with, I imagine, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into a truly magical home away from home. The tongue and groove pine interior makes you feel like you're nestled in the woods, which in fact you are, but with a view of the Trincomalee Channel, which to me looks just like a calm, wonderful ocean. The fact that much of the rest of the decor looks like a designer from Ikea parachuted in and waved their magic decorator wand only adds to both my love of Ikea and the fact that everything just looks so perfectly in place. 
Looking out the window, we're from the deck, you see the channel and the surprising amount of boat traffic that goes by. Motorboats, sailboats, kayaks, and boats that look like something relic from that old TV show Beachcombers might have had. You can see both Parker Island and Salt Spring Islands, which funnily enough, we thought we were going to be on for the last two days of our little island adventure, but Chris didn't know or check to find out that Cowichan Bay isn't actually on Salt Spring Island, so we ended up on Vancouver Island, but no matter. Victoria was fun and Daphne loved it. We ended up going to the Royal BC Museum, which normally I wouldn't have thought was good because I don't really like museums, but it was great. And we went to all the kitschy little gift shops and things and had a delicious meal at Redfish Bluefish, so all's well that ends well. And now we have another reason to go back to Galliano. So we stayed in Cowichan Bay, which allowed us to see a part of Vancouver Island that we never would have planned on. So we saw this cool trestle bridge that had been revitalized thanks to the hard work of a large group of dedicated volunteers and community organizations, as well as having some delicious artisanal ice cream in this little town that I can't remember the name of. And we had lovely, actually amazing sushi at Mill Bay Sushi and walked down to their beach and marina. It was serendipitous really and a totally kind of go with the flow thing which I honestly think is essential on any vacation and frankly in life as well. Maybe one day we will end up on Salt Spring but if not this detour was really a great way to end our time on the west coast. So while we weren't fortunate enough to see any whales we did have a resident eagle that made an almost daily appearance. Most mornings it would perch on the tree just outside the window and that classic eagle cry woke me up sending me rushing to the window to see if I could spot it. Blue herons flew by in the evening making a really bizarre noise and so many different kinds of dragonflies were flitting around the property because of the gorgeous terraced flower beds that had been created. I had no idea that you could grow artichokes in Canada but yep you sure can on Galliano anyway and there were these stargazer lilies the size of your head lining the path from the parking area that the scent would just intoxicate you on the way to the suite. It was like being in some flower garden version of heaven. I had said to Chris at one point after seeing some photos that he'd been sent that even if I just sat there on the deck or balcony or from the sofa for Pete's sake for the four days that we were there, that that would have been good enough. Just sitting there and gazing out at the vista before me would already have been a balm to my agitated spirit. Now normally this isn't something I excel at. In fact, vacation for me is often a lot like work insofar as having a schedule of places to visit, things to do, activities to participate in, the whole nine yards sitting, lounging, relaxing, those are the things that I don't do well and actually feel guilty doing. But I think that I might have gotten a bit better at it because of the tranquility that comes from being in a place with literally one main road going along it, no street lights, some pretty sketchy Wi-Fi, and there being no commercial shopping to speak of. And in the Airbnb, no TV. There's something about not being able to do anything else that makes a person embrace doing nothing at all. If your goal is to go somewhere to get away from it all, then this is a destination you need to check out. Not that there wasn't stuff to do. There were cool artsy studios to peruse, a great cafe, a fun pub, lovely beaches. There were sand beaches, mostly sandstone and pebble beaches, but views everywhere. You can go to one of two stores for your supplies and for the rest, just hang out and enjoy not being at work. Regardless of whether your vacation involves going somewhere or just chilling in your backyard, literally or figuratively, it is the doing as close to nothing at all that is what I believe is so beneficial from that two-week break we're supposed to get from work. Now don't get me wrong, I love a good hike or kayak, paddleboard or other adventure as much as the next person, but it's that drive to always be doing something that keeps us from fully rejuvenating, recovering or recuperating. Vacation is supposed to be about recharging. But I also don't think that over the course of the vacation you should enter some kind of vegetative state, but rather that there be a deliberate building in of full-on downtime. 
That could be sitting on a beach with some beach combing for sea glass or shells or pretty rocks thrown in, or reading on the deck combined with a stroll through the garden or down the lane. By all means, see the sights, go for that hike, check out whatever thrill-seeking thing that there might be to do, but there should only be a minimal agenda, no deadlines, no pressure, and no outputs. If you check off all the things that you'd hope to do, great. If not, there's either next time, or maybe it just wasn't in the cards. The only goal should be a contented feeling of remembering what it is like to not have to run from doing one activity to the next and being free of the need to be productive. I think that the thing that I love the most about being on Galliano is that it's about as far away from the world as you can be while still having most of the amenities that we've all come to take for granted still available. It was like being able to disconnect from the real world for a while. Maybe it felt more tangible because we were disconnected from the mainland, just being on a little island that only takes a little less than half an hour to drive from the south to the northern areas reachable by road. So the idea that you have to also rely on the people of and on the island were things to go sideways is also kind of surreal. When we were washing up after supper on our last night there, just as we were putting away the last of the dishes, the power unexpectedly went out. We didn't get too worried or upset, because really, what would have been the point of that? We didn't know that this sort of thing usually only happens during the winter, and that there's this whole process that people who live there are familiar with that they just automatically launch into. Crank up the generator, bring in buckets of rainwater so you can flush the toilets, get out the candles and the matches and settle in for however long it's going to take. Our lovely hosts brought up candles and buckets of said rainwater, and the next morning brought a kettle of boiled water. Not sure how they manage that unless they have a gas stove. But in any event, they brought that water and we could have our morning caffeine of choice. The evening of the power outage, we were forced to grab some of the games that we had packed and read the books that we had brought along all together by candlelight. It was actually a super fun way to end our time there. It was like participating in Earth Day, only in August instead of April. We ate cheese puffs and just got to hang out as a family. A rare occurrence and sort of a fitting way to end a vacation nine years in the making. Just being together in a place almost too beautiful for words, relying on candles and rainwater and grateful that it wasn't a blizzard, which is typically the other occasion that one often finds oneself in that exact same scenario back home in Edmonton. I can honestly say that while I was there, I didn't think about work. I didn't miss firing up my computer or checking emails or seeing what I could cross off the to-do list. I feel like I might actually have gotten better at doing nothing at all, at learning how to be still, even though that's still a work in progress. I liked just being, being present, being somewhere, being alive, being able to enjoy and savor somewhere that I had no preconceived notions about being able to make memories that certainly could not have been made at some all-inclusive resort. I'm still not sure exactly where the researchers got that two-week time frame from, but I'm all for spending as much time as you can get away with doing as little as you can for as long as you can. And that's going to look different for everyone, but I, for one, I'm going to wholeheartedly embrace the idea that less is more when it comes to vacation from now on. And if there's a chance to head back to Galliano, you can bet I'll be on the next ferry over. Thanks for listening. If you have ideas for a topic or even better, a perspective to share, I would love to hear them and share them, ideally in a conversation with you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and throw a comment my way or share with friends. For better or for worse, we're all in this together. We have exactly one world to share, so let's make it the best one it can be. Until next time, take good care. Ciao for now.